Welcome, everybody. Here we go. We're going to get rolling with our, I was going to say program. I could get ready for our, our stuff that we have going on. So, remember, this is our upper room service, so we're excited to have the kids in with us. We have the kids participate uh, in service. We want them to take part uh, in communion. We want them to understand uh, what communion is, so we keep them uh, in the service so that they can kind of take part in, in all these things. And we always like to have a fun thing for the kids uh, to occupy themselves. Uh, I like to sugar them up, too, with candy. Also a kind of bribe, I guess, to get them up on stage in the first place. So uh, why don't you kids, why don't you guys come on up on stage? It's like only like one section. It's like you can see where all the, they must be, all the families must sit on that side so they can make a quick escape if one of the kids is like misbehaving. They're like, we're all in this. This is a very kid-heavy section over there. That is, all right, come on up. Come on up. Here we go. Excellent, excellent. Oh, I see some. Oh, some are coming up now. Here they come. Look at this. They are so excited. They're running all the way up here. Look at that. Oh, and a special guest. All right. I love it. So, this is a, I hope I have a good candy for everybody. Whew. Do we like multiply somehow or something? This is like, I'm going to have to go like the, the, the fishes and the loaves or something on some candy. No, I got plenty of candy. I was just, I was just kidding. It's what we call humor. So, here we go. So, how's everybody doing? Good. Good. Anybody up here, you guys, do you guys like musicals? What? Musicals. Well, we're about to have a musical. No, I'm just kidding. Anybody, anybody out there fans of musicals? All right. I am, I am not a fan of musicals. Who's? You can't boo at church. That is not allowed. Um, so, but there is one musical that I can tolerate. And I, I mean, and tolerate might be a very even... Str- Fancy word? It is a pretty fancy. That's pretty fancy for me, yeah. Tolerate uh, a musical, and it's Newsies. Anybody like Newsies? Never heard of it. The one about, you know, the kids, and they're, like, selling the papes on the stuff with Disney, the papers. All right, so here's your homework assignment. Who has Disney Plus? All right, your assignment tonight is to not watch the Ravens game because we know what's going to happen. They're going to win for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to choke it away. So I'm just telling you that now so we can all just save the heartbreak. I'm a Ravens fan. It's okay. I'm with you. So go home and watch Newsies. It's a great musical. It's, well, it's tolerable. Is that a new word I just made up too? There we go. I I can tolerate it. It even even has a young Bruce Wayne selling newspapers. So uh, when you watch it, you'll realize that Christian Bale is in the movie. So a young Bruce Wayne selling papers. But here they, if you know the story of Newsies, they stand on street corners selling their papers. And they want to stand on the corners and yelling out these great headlines so that people will buy these papers. They had to be energetic, right? happy, excited to get these papers sold. So I need two people who want to volunteer to try and sell some papers. All right, come on up. One, two. Luke, you can be the assistant. You got it? All right, so I have two headlines here. I need you guys to try and sell these headlines to these people. Okay? All right, so... We'll go with, all right, this is, this is your headline, okay? I'm going to turn off my mic just to make sure. And tell them why. Tell them loud. Scream it. Scream. That thing, what's on there? Yeah, help her out. You can help her out. Yeah, the paper. 
So here we go. Who wants to buy? Orioles win the World Series. There we go. Who wants to buy the paper? All right, here we go. Here we go. Now, is that some good news? You guys want to purchase that paper? You want to spread that good news to everybody that you see? Yeah, all right. That's all right. You can have a seat. Have a seat. All right. We got one more. All right. You ready? Okay, here we go. All right, here you go. Sell it loud and sell it proud. Cure for cancer found. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah. So we're walking. Remember, the newsies, they would say, you know, extra, extra, read all about it. Cure for cancer is found. That is good news, right? We are blessed if we ever find out those news. All right, so... We also have another thing I want to do here for you guys. So why don't you guys come in and kind of gather around this table? Because I didn't want just two people. Oh, not this one. Sorry. Other table over here. All right. Have come this way. Come to the half of the table because this camera is going to zoom in right here on this. You guys won't be able to see what's happening. But go home and watch the live stream. And you'll be like, whoa, that was awesome. So here, come over this way. All right. I know I messed it up, but thanks for pointing it out. I, re I, really, I really appreciate the uh, e extra emphasis on my mess-ups. Raising a great kid, Jen. Raising a great kid there. That is fantastic. We got a little Jessica coming up. There it is. There you go. All right. So it's not soup. It's milk. All right. So okay, nobody touch this. No one, because I didn't bring any napkins up or anything. It's, you haven't seen, ever seen milk before? There you go. All right. So I'm going to pour this milk onto this plate. And this, this milk kind of represents the world. All right. So, you know, it's just, it's just kind of plain in there, just kind of sitting there, right? There's nothing exciting about the world. There's no good news in there, okay? But then we have this food coloring. And, and Christy, if you're watching online at some point, uh, we're out of food coloring. So this is, consider this the additive to the grocery list. So, all right. No, no, this is definitely me only. All right, so this food coloring represents us. This is kind of us Christians in, you want to be, you can be whatever color you want to be. See how some of this, so there's some people there's all those different things. So we got all these different. Don't touch. Don't touch. You're going to ruin this Unless you feel like so. dying your finger blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got parents all up in here. Everybody's kind of just saying, all right. So all these things. Now, what's happening? Are they, are they kind of spreading out a little bit, but they're, they're, they're kind of keeping in their own little circle, right? So this kind of represents, think about us, right? We're as Christians, right? What if we just stay where we are and don't do anything? No. No. Pure yes. no. Pure yes. no. All right. Yes. Uh, you're in the wrong place. So there we go. So we have this color, and it's just kind of sitting there, right? Christians who are holding on to this good news. They're just staying maybe in their home. They're just staying in their protective place, not going out into the world because they're just cooling down in their house. I don't know. But then this, this soap and this Q-tip is going to represent, what if, believers, what if we capture the message? What if we go out into the world? So this is, let's see what happens. When we start evangelizing, what's going to happen? Whoa! Yeah. What happens to the, what happens to the color? It turns yucky. It Yucky is not what I was going for. Uh, it's mixing. It's spreading out into the world, right? It takes the drops and it goes out into the world. I let it fall in there because it's done. So that's what we want to do, right? We don't want to stay in one place. We don't want to stay with the good news, those good headlines. We want to take it out into the world. We want it to spread through all the milk, through all the world. And that's what we're going to look at today as we look in, in Romans chapter 10. But for you guys, since you guys were such great, give it up for them. All right. So here is 
Everybody, no, 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 don't touch that because that's, I don't know how good that is. So here we go. Everybody get some, two, you could take two pieces, I, I think. No, 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 take two. Actually, you know what? Take, come, come back, let's take one because I want some, no, 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 like take one total, put one of yours back. Just take one piece of candy. One, I know that's the worst thing you could possibly do with a kid, but everybody take one. You meanie. I know. You can't see. All right. Nope, nope, not one handful. Nope, 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 nope. Just one piece. Because I'm also going to toss them out to the other people because, you know, they always want candy too. What if we catch them? If you catch it, if you, I'll toss them over there. No problem. No problem. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab some stuff. No, 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 no. Addy, one piece, one piece. There you go. I'm trying to take one. Nope, 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 nope. One. There you go. Congratulations. Oh, look at that. mommy calling you out from back on stage. There we go. Oh yes, absolutely. That's a good. Look at that. Coming back to get one for his sister. All right. I didn't realize now how much stuff I have up in here to navigate all this stuff. All right, so here we go. You know, this is my favorite part, showing off my arm, getting ready for softball next season. Here we go, coming at you, trying not to hit any kids. The kids, at the, the kids back there wanted some, but there's computers. There you go. Here you go. Here you go. Oh, oh, oh. Here you go. Here you go. Oh, that was some terrible stuff. Here you go. I know broke college kids. Evelyn, eat candy. Right there. Here you go. Your dad took it from you. All right, here we go. Here we go. Craig, can you see? You see it. Ready? Here it comes, Craig. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, okay, this is like a disc. Watch out. This, is gonna, this could get dangerous. Like, like I was, Randy's, I apologize. There you go. John's got his hand out. There you go. There we go. Oh, man, right? I'm stronger than I thought. There you go. Oh, Dave, I was not trying to hit you. That was a mistake. I was going, I was trying to get, it was right to Gary's hand. He missed it. You already got you. There you go. You want another one? There you go. There we go. There we go. These things are curving. You guess he's got. Let's see. I think that's. I think that's all. Oh no, there's three more. All right. Try to throw them all at one time. Oh, you didn't. Here you go. All right. There we go. Whoa! I almost hit Jen in the face. All right. So give it up for the kids. Keep just keep applauding. There you go. Keep, keep going. I just need a little more. Keep applauding. Keep applauding for the kids. Keep applauding. Keep applauding. Keep applauding. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep it up. All right. Now, give it up for me. I didn't spill any milk in doing that. Give it up for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, let's pray and go home. Uh, just, just kidding. We have much to cover. So as we think and reflect on today, we're, we're thinking about this good news. This good news that we want to take out into the world that we are called to share. And as this says, we're going to look and be beautiful feet. And no, we're not talking about getting pedicures after church today. We're going to talk about being the beautiful feet that take the word of Christ into a lost and broken world, to stand out and say, extra, extra, read all about it. Jesus saves. That is what we're called. Does anybody remember what happened on January 28th, the year 2001? Absolutely, it was. That was the year, the first time the Ravens won. I don't hear everything about sports, but a lot of my life is centered on sports. You're like, this is all he's talking about. But that's the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. And I remember watching it at a church I grew up in, Askwith Presbyterian Church. We had a big, yeah, shout out, Carrie in the house. Um, so we were watching it there. And I remember when we won, 
We just ran out of the church onto the street in Hartford Road and, and were just celebrating with some were the drunks from the bar next door, but having a good time and celebrating this news and telling everybody the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Just the excitement that we had with that. And then we want to think about the excitement now that we have because we know the ultimate victory is in Christ. The, the victory over sin and death that was conquered on the Christ. And what do we do as Christians? We hold it to ourselves often. We don't go out into the world and proclaim this good news to the world. So let's pray and see what God would have for us as we look in Romans chapter 10. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day where we can celebrate you, where we gather and we sing praises to you. We lift up for all the good things that you have done in our life. Lord, we pray for even those who come through the doors broken and hurt that they would be encouraged by your word, be encouraged by the songs. Lord, may our lives center in worship on you, and may we become those beautiful feet that go out into the world that you have given us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, the book of Romans is a beautiful outline of the gospel. And it's hard to kind of jump in to chapter 10 without thinking about all that Paul has been covering up until this point. So let's get kind of a, a quick review, a quick recap of where he's gone through this book of Romans. For nine chapters plus our section for today, Paul has been speaking about the gospel, explaining the gospel as the only hope for this lost world. In Romans 1.18, he's going to talk about the, the godlessness, the unrighteousness in the world. The wickedness of the people who suppress the truth. It's because the people suppress the truth, it's their ignorance. They reject God. I heard an example of anybody ever try to hold like a beach ball under the water? Well, what does the beach ball do? It wants to rise to the top. And that's how this, this J.D. Greer, as he was explaining and talking about when they suppress the truth. The truth wants to rise to the top, but they keep pushing it down to say, I don't want the truth. I, I want to push it under the water, but eventually that truth should rise to the top. And they reject in the wickedness. And, and then in Romans 1.19, it says that God has made himself known. He makes himself seen in all of us, whether it's through creation or through his word. All of us see and creation screams that there is a God. One of the best stories I've heard in describing this, it comes from the life of Helen Keller. And I've heard various preachers share the story of how a preacher would come to her. And her tutor, Ann Sullivan, as remember, she had water running through her hand and spelled out water so she understood what water was. And then this preacher started to explain God in her ways that she could understand it. And this is what she said. She said, oh, that's his name? I've always known he was there. Remember, she was blind, deaf. She couldn't speak, all these things. But she gets explained about God, and she says, something within me said he was there. Something within me knew there was something more to this world. And now here I am, and I understand that he is God. See, everyone understands there is a God, but maybe they reject and suppress it. And then in Romans in 3.10, he's going to say that there is nobody righteous, and that we all fall short of the glory of God. No one seeks God. All have turned away. And then he's going to say, you know what? And God condemns all. He, he condemns everybody into his wrath, how people live without his rules in mind. God rejects those who have turned away from him. But then eventually he gets to the point of the good news. The good news that God made a way of salvation. That Jesus lives the life we couldn't live, and it is a free gift for all of us. And that's where we come to our section today, because all, and all of us need to hear the good message. It needs to be delivered into <clears throat> this lost world. So, let's begin in Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Paul says this, he says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. 
And the question is, who is the they? Well, within this section of Romans, he is talking about his nation, the nation of Israel, how they themselves have rejected God. And he says, my, my heart, my desire, my prayer is that they would be saved. See, the Greek word here for desire is kind of how we would use the word desire. It talks about a, a craving after something. It's kind of like if you saw a Smith Island chocolate cake and you wanted to crave after that cake and you desired that cake that you would enjoy. He says, I desire that the nation of Israel would be saved. So a quick point of application is, do you desire for the loss that God has placed in your life to come and find Christ? Is that the desire of your life? Do you, do you are in agony over that? Knowing that people in your life, if they passed away within this next minute or this next hour, that they would spend eternity apart from Jesus Christ. See, this brings to mind one of my favorite quotes from D.L. Moody, and I've actually shared it already twice this week in different conversations. But it's the story of Moody who was up in a skyscraper in Chicago, and he's with people surrounding him. And he's telling the people, he says, look, look out over this park. He says, what, what do you see as you look out through this window? And, and the people were describing, oh, there's somebody wearing a hat. There, there's a mom caring for her children. Eventually, they, they went on with various descriptions. And then Moody was silent, so they say, well, what do you see? And he says, I see thousands of souls who will perish without coming to know their Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that your heart? Is that your passion as you look out into this world? All these things laying up the same thing. You see, I could even think about the trunk or treat event that is going to be happening. As hundreds and thousands come to our parking lot for that day, do you see just kids coming to get candy? Or do you see families coming who need to hear about Jesus Christ? Because when you understand it that way, you look at trunk or treat in a completely different way. That is how we want to be here. We want to be a mission-minded church looking for the salvation of others. Is that what we see? Second, Paul mentions how he prays for the lost people of Israel. Or are you having a list, a regular list maybe, of those who are unsaved that you are praying for? Maybe start today and make a list of 10 people who you want to start praying for. You know what? It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. It might be some time before they are awakened to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we are called to be faithful in praying for those people. C.S. Lewis had two prayer lists. He had one of unsaved that he would pray for. Then he had another list of those that he was thankful that found salvation. He said the greatest thing he could do was take one list, one name from one list to the other. And having one who found Jesus Christ. Are we having that same desire? But Paul moves on into verses 2 or 3. He begins to see and tell us what the issue was of, with Israel. You see, they had zeal, but they didn't have true knowledge. They had limited knowledge in what they said. It says, For I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. You see, the, the Jews, they knew about God. They have what we would call our Old Testament scriptures. But, and they even had a zeal for that. They were passionate about their scriptures. When you look through the New Testament, you see the Pharisees. You see the zeal and the passion that they have, but it was limited. They didn't really understand this personal nature of God in their lives. They didn't realize that God's holiness meant that you needed to live a perfect life. So what they did was set up more rules to try and have this passion for following the law of God. They failed in this area. They failed to comprehend all that God really wanted them. And they sought their own path. They sought a path of rules, of ceremonies, of laws, of work, so which they thought they could save themselves if they just tried hard enough. And God wouldn't reject us if we just did 
all the right things in our lives, but it was all misled. They made up law after law to make them as religious as possible, to stand out from those and say, look at us, look at how good we are. You see, Paul himself talks about his zeal. In Philippians 3, he says, I had a zeal for persecuting the church. He says, I love it. And then he considered himself righteous according to the law. Paul says, look, if anybody was, had a zeal, I had zeal. If anybody was following the rules, I was following the rules. But then he would be humbled on that road. And he would find Christ and understand that all his zeal and passion meant nothing compared to Jesus Christ. Then Jesus in Mark 7 As he quotes from Isaiah, he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We have this understanding. We have all these things in our lives. We say all the right things. We do all the right things. But then Christ comes in and says, But their hearts are far from me. See, something is missing within all this. We're we're trying. We're doing all these things. But do you still feel empty? Well, there is a free gift that comes in Jesus Christ. You know, as we think about it, zeal, sincerity, limited knowledge is not enough to get us into eternity. There are a lot of people who have a strong passion for doing good things. But in the end, it all leads to nothing. People will say today, it doesn't matter what you believe. Just be sincere. But that is not as what Scripture tells us. Anyone remember the name Jim Wrongway Marshall? Another sports analogy kind of coming. Craig, I know Craig was going to say something. There you go. Well, in 1964, Jim picked up a fumble. And he proceeded to run with all his energy, celebrating as he got into the end zone. One problem. Based on his nickname, he went into the wrong end zone. He ran the wrong way with all this passion. He was celebrating like he had earned this great touchdown. But in the end, all he got was two points for the other team because he was misled. He was running in the wrong direction, and so many people in this world today are running in that wrong direction. That we need to catch them and grab them and say, no, no, come with me, come this way. Understand the good news of Jesus Christ and hear all that he has done for us. Too many people are running the wrong way, creating their own path. Everyone seeking out their own way to eternity. Do you desire and pray for these people? Pray for them that we would lead them and guide them in the Holy Spirit to finding the right path. Verse 4 goes on and says that they were chasing after the law was even useless. It says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He says, look, Christ has put an end to the law. He's going to talk about later on how, how Christ has fulfilled the law. And, and really the law was just meant to point out how much we needed Christ. That how much we failed in our lives. In Colossians, it's going to say that the, these things, Paul says, the laws and the ceremonies are but a shadow of the things that were to come. It says, but the substance belongs to Christ. All the things in the Old Testament, remember Christ on the road to Emmaus, walking with his disciples and explaining that everything in the Old Testament, the laws and the prophets, were to point to him. That if you try to follow these laws, you are going to fail. He says, and I have fulfilled these things. So now your righteousness, no, is not in following laws. Your righteousness is a free gift Because of my death on the cross, all you need to do is confess and believe, as we'll see later in this passage. All of this, the good news is Jesus Christ. Think of this, for the Jews, having to follow all these laws and regulations and then hearing, no, it's a free gift. Jesus offers himself on the cross for us. So here we have it in verse 5. Paul brings up the problem with the law. As I already mentioned, it says, For Moses writes about the law of righteousness is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. So if you want to follow the law, if you want to keep the rules, you got to keep all of them. you got to live by those rules. Good luck with that. 
Because let me ask you, have you ever, anybody in this room ever lied? Grace is shaking her head saying, no, she's never lied. Mary, is that true? It's true. She's even saying it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, I think they'll have a family discussion after today's message. So, but we think about this, right? We try so hard and we think, and then you realize, oh, I lied. And there you go, and, and you know you've broken a commandment right there, and just for that one thing, you don't deserve heaven. But Christ comes in and says, I have fulfilled the law. Believe in me, and that will bring you to eternity. See, here in this section, Paul is going to be quoting a lot from the Old Testament. He's going to be showing them how much the Old Testament spoke about these very things to prove his point. He's saying, and this is a quote from Leviticus 18.5, Keep the law, live it perfectly. But no one, as we know, is able to do that except Jesus Christ. Moving on into verse 6 and 7, and this is where it almost gets a little confusing about what Paul is saying here. He says, But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. So here's the real kind of simple understanding of this. So as Paul is laying out this argument, he's saying first to ascend into heaven to bring Christ down. But you see, Christ has already come down. We don't need to do any work further to bring him down back to earth. God has already accomplished that work. Then he's saying we don't need to go into the abyss to bring Christ back up from the dead. These works won't do that. But instead, God has already accomplished these things. He's already brought Christ down. He's already brought Christ up. Our works add nothing to his plan. Instead, it is by faith. Nothing we can do will complete his plan of righteousness. It is already done. So that's kind of a quick view of those verses. But remember, be a Berean. Go back into Deuteronomy chapter 30 where that comes from and investigate these things in these scriptures and read along with Romans chapter 10. Search out these things for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Then we move on into verse 8 and 10. So what do we do? If we don't have to ascend into heaven, if we don't have to descend into the abyss, then we have verse 10. It says, But what shall you say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim to you. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart <clears throat> that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Here we still have him quoting from the Deuteronomy chapter 30 in the Old Testament saying, The word is near to you. The word is Christ. He is near to us. It is the gospel, the word of faith that Paul has been proclaiming through his whole ministry. Christ has come into the world. It's not about zeal. It's about belief. We are saved by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul states two things. He says we must confess and believe. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. You give him control of your life. He is the one who will guide you for the rest of your days. We confess and believe. We believe that God raised him from the dead. Real saving faith arises from the heart and is professed from the mouth. The heart is an important part of Scripture. Think about it when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. In Romans 12, in verse 34, he says, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. He says, Your, your heart is dirty inside. The, the evil things that come out of your life, it was in your heart, and then what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Instead, confess these things. He goes on in Matthew 15, he says, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. All of this on our insides. And then that comes out in our lives. And what Jesus is saying here is we need heart change. Bob knows about that. There you go. We need a new heart in our lives. Because then we get that new heart, 
And then what flows out of our mouths is the things of Christ. It's not those evil thoughts, and we get this new heart. So as the Christian saying goes, if you've grown up, is check your heart, right? Check where you're at in your life. All these things play out in our lives. And this is where we find justification, that where we are given the righteousness of Christ so that a sinner's faith is in Christ, so that we can stand before God and he declares us righteous, as if we've done nothing wrong because Christ took the punishment. He took it all upon the cross. And that is what we'll remember here with communion in a few moments. It is remembering what he's done for us how it restores a broken relationship. Then, after talking about belief and confessing, verse 11, Paul now writes about who can be saved. So many people wonder, can I be saved? Am I too far gone? I'm not Jewish. Can I be saved? He says in Scripture, he says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is open for everyone. It is not some secret club that we just kind of hang out here on Sundays and say, this is just for us. This is for everyone. The shame that he talks about here is the shame that everybody will eventually face if they don't confess Christ. When they stand before the judgment scene of God and they realize, you know what? I made a mistake. I didn't believe, but it will be too late. It is a time of judgment instead of their heart being changed for Christ. Salvation is open for the Jew, the Gentile, the Greek. That is everyone in this world. Salvation is open for all of us. And as we've been going through the book of Genesis, this is the promise that we've seen through Abraham, right? That through Abraham, all nations would be saved. This is the main heart of Galatians, talking about the seed of Abraham. Those who can be saved. It is through Christ that everyone finds salvation. You see, as we think of an application on this, we think about a world today who cries out for unity who cries out for people to come together. And there is nothing that will unify people more than the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, if you go off to Africa, if you go off to Europe, you're going to find a church and you're going to have an instant common thing with all those people. And it will be believing in Jesus Christ. You might have different backgrounds, different families, but in the end, what unites you is that you are under the blood of Christ. That is the hope that a world needs. It is a hope that guides us in running the right way on a football field with the good news, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world, that he died on a cross that should have been our death. And that's good news, no matter what your background is. But then that comes to our, our, our closing section for today, And thinking about, well, what happens now? That this is the good news, what happens? And it says, verse 14, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they hear about this? And whom are they to believe whom they have never heard of? How are they to hear without one preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How can someone hear if they have not believed? How can they call upon Christ if they haven't heard from him? Well, the answer is that we are sent into this world to preach. That we are sent into this world for the lost. Again, he is quoting here from the Old Testament, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Anybody know where it's from? The youth group should know. Elena, it's on the back of your t-shirt. She wore it, and I said, you're wearing the perfect shirt for today. Abby, I saw a hand. Isaiah 52.7, and this is a shameful plug of the youth ministry. So the youth ministry, we are called 527 ministry because of these verses, Isaiah 527. 
Because the leaders, we want these kids to be the beautiful feet that take the gospel into the world. We want to train them up in this 527 ministry to go out into the world and be ready to share Christ. So we welcome middle school and high school students to into this. It's also 527 because we also meet from 5 to 7 p.m. But it's, 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 so, it's multifunctional in all of its understanding. But this is what our passion is. But it's not just a passion for the youth group. It's just a passion for you guys to be the beautiful feet that take the word of Christ into a lost and broken world. What if they say no, right? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. All of us get a little worried about sharing Christ, right? We get worried about sharing the gospel. And I've had a few ways in my life that I've gone through sharing the gospel. When I worked with Youth for Christ, we had this thing called three-story evangelism. And it's now part of their logo. If you look at Youth for Christ, you'll see three circles. And now you'll know, oh, that's what that means. So it's three stories. It involves your story, God's story of redemption, and their story. And, and you find ways in which they intersect. You find ways to connect your brokenness and how you found Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. Then you talk about their lives and where their hurts and feelings are, and you say, but there is a God who has the answer to all your hurts and brokenness. But then there was also in Liberty. And at Liberty, I had a class on evangelism as well, and it was a book called Sharing Jesus Without Fear by William Fay, and he lays out a simple way of walking through the scriptures, and there's scriptures there. And as you read through these scriptures with somebody, all you do is you have them read it, and you say, what does that mean to you? What does that verse say? And they just go through it, and you have them answer all these questions about all these verses leading to a place, hopefully, of repentance. There's numerous ways to share the gospel. All these different ways we think about sharing Christ, and it's what we're called to do, to live out a life that screams the gospel into a broken world. You might want to say, maybe you get that Jesus pedicure. There you go. Get that Jesus pedicure and get those beautiful feet that take the gospel into this world. We have been on quite a unique journey now through the book of Romans. We've seen Paul's desire that people would be saved. We, we, we challenge ourselves to have that same desire in our life. Have you ever been present when somebody gets it? When somebody understands the gospel and gets saved, it is an amazing thing to see that life change right in front of you. Make this your desire and your prayer. Mention the good news of Jesus Christ, that you can have all the zeal in the world, but you can still fall short just with one little lie. Confess and believe in Jesus Christ. Have that heart change. And then realize the gospel is for all people that all can be saved in Christ. But how will they hear unless we are sent into a lost world? What a beautiful passage we have for us today. Worship team, you can make your way up as we prepare for a time of communion. Ushers as well can come forward. What a beautiful passage that we have for us today. To remember Christ in all his goodness. And as we think about the table in front of us, we now want to remember Christ. And remember, <clears throat> here at Faith Fellowship Church, remember, we don't practice an exclusive here, just communion just for us. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we welcome you to this table. Remember, if you're not comfortable because of COVID uh, to partake in communion, we still have the individual uh, cups uh, in front of you at the seats that you can use during this time as well. Last month, I talked about the, the seriousness of coming before this table to examine ourselves, to confess the sin that is in our lives before we approach this remembrance of Christ. Remember, Paul says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's take a few moments in prayer and confess where we have fallen short in our lives.
Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, writes these instructions. It says, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we come before you and approach the throne, thankful for the body of your Son, which was hung upon that cross, who lived that life that we couldn't live and took on the wrath that we deserve. Lord, we thank you for this, and we pray this in Jesus' name. goes on to say, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
Let's pray. God, we come before you again thinking about the blood that was spilled upon the cross. Blood that washes away our sins, Lord. And though we all fall short, we know that we are worthy because when you see us, you see that sacrifice. And we worship and we praise you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we close this morning, maybe you find yourself not understanding the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Talk with somebody. Find out what this is all about in Jesus and his sacrifice upon that cross. That takes your lies and your hurts, placed them upon himself and hung on that cross so that we can be reconciled to Jesus Christ so that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. And that is good news. Would you be that newsy and proclaim extra, extra, read all about it. Jesus saves. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand, worship with us as we close our service this morning.